Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. We're shifting today from Buddhas and bananas to the blueprint. Jesus is our blueprint. He is the Father's design. And we are shifting now in our reading of the book Toxic Love by Malcolm Smith to begin to shift into how the love life was meant to be lived. So join me in this shift. As I am traveling through Europe, let's continue to travel through the truth of the blueprint. All right, everyone. Hello from my hotel in Rybnik, Poland, one of my favorite places and some of the most amazing people are right here in Rybnik, Poland. And I've been coming here since 2015. uh, And it is truly a prototype work. It is truly where we are Uh, able to see and to show, oh yes, it is possible, the discipling of nations. And I'm in anticipation of how things will grow and expand and go far beyond any one person, but that is how God works. It can be in us, my friends, but it is definitely beyond us and I'm reminding people, you know, all along the way, don't try to get on top of things. You know, I'm trying to get on top of things. My friends, we're in something of God. And that means it is and will forever be bigger than us. So the only way I know to say it is quit trying to ride the elephant and get comfortable riding inside the elephant. You're inside something bigger than yourself. Something bigger than you is inside of you. The kingdom of God is coming to our own hearts and he is expanding within us. He's enlarging our capacity for him. He is putting love in right order. So my friends, when you are on a massive learning curve, which as far as I'm concerned, is every single day because no one has arrived, right? We are learning each day how to walk with him more sure-footed, more clear-headed, and we are learning to just live in the unfolding of what God has already written down over us. It doesn't make us passive participants. It makes us active sons in the business of our Father. So, with all of that having been said, in the greetings from Rybnik, Poland, um, I want to finish today uh, this uh, extension of the series uh, Buddhas and Bananas that extended into the blueprint because we've been reading from Malcolm Smith's great little book, Toxic Love. And this uh, is now the final reading. I'm not reading all of chapter 5, but a good portion of it. And it is living in his love. So here we go. As you have been reading, have you seen yourself as a person who has been operating out of a toxic love base? 
Some of you are letting the worry of the world that Jesus spoke of choke off the life of God which is in you. Matthew 13, 22. Find victory here and Satan will have lost an effective entrance to your life. If God has spoken to you through these words, then do not put off acting on what he has said. I suggest that you reread the portions of this book which especially apply to you and own any trace of toxic love in your life as your personal sin before God. Call it what it is, idolatry, putting the creature in the place of the creator. It is looking for your identity and meaning in life in another human being's bestowal of love and acceptance instead of the Father's. As you read through this book again, ask the Holy Spirit, your resident counselor, to show you any areas where you may be blind. Remember that repentance is a change of mind, and it is just such a total turnaround of thinking concerning the true nature of love that the Holy Spirit is achieving in you as you read. He has shown you the nature of real love and the idolatry of counterfeit toxic love. Upon identifying your attitudes and ways of relating to people that are a work of the flesh, independent of God, renounce them and put them away from you. When Jesus died, he put to death rebellious flesh, Romans 6, 6. We can do nothing to bring sin to an end in our lives except to thank God that in Jesus Christ he has brought it to death so that he may live his life in us. Next, having seen the sin of false love and repenting of it, how do we love as believers? How do we love? As I have loved you. My friends, let me just interject here that uh, allowing God to love you and then learning of that is so, um, it comes to us in a very personal way. But remember that God isn't doing anything in you separate from what he has already accomplished in Jesus Christ. This is so very key. This is why, as brethren, as those who are one with him and those who are interdependently connected to each other, that we learn this way of life. It's not so personal and so unique that it detaches you from others and isolates you from others. It is so powerfully personal between you and the Father, yet this is also what he is doing in others. And therefore, there is this same life, the same Father, the same way. And so we begin to be, quote, unified, if you will, because we are with him. And there is a likeness right? There is a family resemblance. Uh, It doesn't make us all clones of each other, thank God, but it brings us into the place where we begin to know him and to know his ways and how he has loved us. We then learn not a formula, but we are learning from him day in and day out because just like the father did with Jesus, through the person of Holy Spirit when he lived as a man here on the earth, interacting with everyone, uh, leading, living, 
right? Dying, resurrecting in everything he identified. Jesus identified with the Father in what the Father was doing in people's lives. So you don't see Jesus going around applying some type of formulated living. It was very uh, specific. And that's why it drove people crazy because they could never nail him down. You have to ask, why were they even trying? Why were they always trying to nail him down? <laughs> oh, they were going to nail him all right. They were going <laughs> to nail him to the cross, right? And they, of course, thought that was their idea. But it was, it was always the Godhead's idea that they would take on, right, the sin condition of mankind that Jesus would allow, right? Talk about the place of power. He would allow himself to be taken. This was always their plan. And my friends, if I can just say that if Jesus was not truly separated from the Father, right, how can we be truly united to the Father? We must be careful of the things that we embrace these days because on the surface they may sound quite clever, quite wonderful, but usually pushed to their extreme. They are not. They're in direct opposition to the fullness of the grandeur and the majestic way that God took care of everything that separated him uh, from man, really that man had separated himself from God. And he became that nature that was completely separated. Uh, and he did so willingly and gladly. And I, I hope that uh, <laughs> the Easter vibes have passed and the true resurrection, my friends, the resurrection life that we share in today, because Jesus was fully separated from the Father, we can now be fully united to the Father. And I pray, right, because as he has loved us, uh, this is how we will learn to love him and learn to love ourselves and others in that same way for the same purposes, which is to fulfill the Father's heart's desire. So it's important that as we are learning, you know, how he loved us, not by study, but by letting him love us, then we come to realize the gift, uh, the gift of love. And so this is um, another section uh, that I'm reading from the last chapter of Toxic Love. Love is a gift. In Jesus Christ, the God we have sinned against took to himself our humanity and entered our race. He took to himself our sin and our determination to be our own God. He also took the pain and grief that we had brought upon ourselves through our willful rebellion. He then bore the punishment of our sin and died as us and for us, carrying the entire rebellion into the grave and rising again as the source of the real life and love that we had rejected. The living Jesus is the final word of God saying to us, I love you. The great secret of spiritual, mental, and emotional health is summed up in the words from 1 John 4.19, We love because he first loved us. As Jesus lived in the consciousness of his Father's unlimited love, so it is with us. 
In our inner selves, we live in the consciousness of his love, which gives us life in the same way our physical bodies live in air and fish live in the sea. When Paul prayed for the early believers to live in the freedom of truly loving one another, he begins by by praying that they might come to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, Ephesians 3.19. Only after that prayer did he call them, in chapters 4 and 5, to live out the love of God in their daily relationships, and the life to which he exhorted them is supernatural. Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you. Ephesians four, thirty-two, and Ephesians 5, verse 2. The fact that he did not instruct them, but prayed that they would see God's love, would indicate that the knowledge or experience of it must be given by God. It cannot be studied out, nor is it merely a worked-up feeling. It is the gift of God, but a gift that is easy to receive. By giving us this prayer in Ephesians 3.19, the Holy Spirit authorizes us to ask and to expect the gift of supernatural love to be ours. The gift of unconditional love comes to us in the form of the power or ability of the Holy Spirit. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us, Romans 5, 5. The Holy Spirit actually enables us, gives us the wisdom, and strengthens our wills so that we become the love of God to those around us. Paul, praying for this love to be received by the Colossians, again referred to its source being in the power of the Holy Spirit, Colossians 1, 11. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Both the words strengthened and power are defined in Acts 1 8 as the power which comes from the Holy Spirit. Patience is the love of God in us exercised toward the most unlovable of persons. This God kind of love surpasses or goes far beyond all human knowledge. Ephesians 3.19. We are dealing with the nature of the infinite God being experienced in the life of finite man. There is no limit to the experience and no end to such an adventure. Because of this, the early Christians continually prayed that they would know the constant flow of supernatural love into their lives. Paul prayed for the Philippians. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Philippians 1.9 For the Thessalonians he prayed, May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all men. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 Now I want to stop here just for a minute and say to you out of Philippians 1.9, it says that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Listen to me carefully, my friends. The love of God will not make you stupid. The love of God will not make you um, crazy and have you continuously submitting, right, to that uh, which, it's not just that it's not of God, it's that it's not God requiring you, right? 
If another person is requiring of you things, brutalizing, abusive, controlling, continuing their patterns of manipulation and control, their toxicity, right, is attempting to dominate you. You're not called to submit to that. You're submitting to the love of God, which will give you great knowledge, great wisdom, and great sharpness and discernment. Look at Jesus. Jesus was able to interact with people who were manipulative, who wanted to do him harm, but you never see him submitting to them or staying in deep, um, you know, relationship with them. The only time he finally, quote, submitted to them was when the father said, okay, now's the time. And uh, now is the time to submit to my will, the father's will, right? So it appeared to be the will of man, but this was the cup that Jesus would drink, if you will, that was prepared for him by the father, not just by manipulative, plotting, murderous people. So my friends, true forgiveness will make you so sharp, you will be able to navigate through the new waters of living this new life by a new source of love. You will not be enmeshed, entangled, right? Um, So enough said there, but I just want to interject that. Now, receiving the gift of love. In order to let such prayers be answered, I suggest that you set aside time every day to sit in God's presence, not to pray to or perform something for him, but just to be loved by him. Begin by praying these prayers and then sit and be aware of the Father God who loves you, who has come to you through Jesus Christ and now fills you by his Spirit. Let the reality that you have been personally loved by God as he foreknew you in innumerable ages past and as he dwells within you at this moment flood your whole person. You can say, he loved me and delivered himself up for me, according to Galatians 2.20. You discover who you are in this very real interaction with God, your creator, who through Jesus Christ is your father. Here is where you admit you are primarily a spirit person who cannot function without knowing you are infinitely and unconditionally loved. And I might add, although it is not the prime reason for spending time with him, it is in this stillness and in the consciousness of being loved that you learn to listen to what God is saying to you. These times of opening yourself to God's love are equivalent to the priority time that Jesus gave to being alone with his Father, both in the early morning and late at night. The place and amount of time given to this are not important. It is the opening of our innermost self to God that counts. Expressing the gift of love. How do we take the love that we receive from the Holy Spirit and live it in a dog-eat-dog world? How do we love like Jesus? The only answer to that question is, only Jesus can love like Jesus. Christianity does not claim to be a philosophy of life, but to be life himself living within us. In that sense, there is no such thing as Christian morality in terms of a list of do's and don'ts, but rather the spontaneous living of Christ himself through our lives. In this day of formulas and the packaged how-to-do-it seminars, Christianity is the odd man out, for the gospel calls us to commit not to a formula but to a person who is himself the way. When Christianity has become a philosophy or a formula, it falls apart and becomes a list of impossible ideals. 
But Christianity is not idealistic. It is preeminently realistic, for it is founded on the fact that Jesus Christ is alive from the dead and is now communicating his life to us by the Holy Spirit. And his life is, of course, the love that we are talking about. We do not move from toxic love to the love of Jesus just by getting a new grip on ourselves, nor by making a decision to be selfish and look after ourselves, but by giving ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Surrendering to Jesus is a radical change that begins a process in us, a process in which we learn to receive his communicated life under all of life's varied relationships and circumstances. Having prayed and opened ourselves to the love of God, we begin to take steps of faith. To the Thessalonians, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, and 10, You are taught by God to love one another. You do practice it. We urge you, brethren, to excel still more. I suggest you do this, first of all, by taking every relationship you are involved in, whether with people, organizations, volunteer work, or committees, and laying them before the Lord. I usually do this with pen and paper or sitting at the computer. I find I can sort out what he is saying to me much better if I can see it in front of me. Ask him to turn his light upon each relationship and show you anything you are doing that is originating in the flesh and is a toxic false love. Ask him to tell you what he wants you to do with and in the relationship. Let your prayer always be, Lord Jesus, live through me in this relationship. Now, my friends, I'm going to stop there. I think there may be one or two uh, more sections, and so I may need to actually continue this tomorrow. I thought today would be uh, the last episode, but I think there are uh, a couple of extra sections, and uh, I could not fit them in today. This is going a little bit long, and I like to do it in bite-sized pieces because it is uh, an entirely new way of living from an entirely new source. And Jesus has imparted his love, his life, his mind, his nature to you, my friends, that you might now live, right? It's his life in you, but it's you living it. And it's Holy Spirit empowering you to live first unto the Father, right? And then we learn how to live within our own selves. (laughs) And then we are learning how to live and to relate with others as he leads So this is definitely a big, big chunk of this today, but I pray you'll give thought to it, that you will think about it, and that you will, um, as Malcolm suggested, uh, that you would find a way then to begin to just daily allow him speaking to you in set-aside times, in, in, uh, you know, while you're moving about, right? Because you do know Holy Spirit can speak to you all day in every situation. Just quickly, I know that yesterday I sat in a government office in Poland waiting for a promised card of uh, temporary residency. And I sat uh, with friends who sat with me all day for about seven hours. And then once we were called in, our number was called, and we finally were there. The card was literally almost within my fingertips. They said, oh, we're so sorry. There are mistakes on the card. And I sat there in that moment, (laughs) and I thought, really? 
wow. <laughs> and thinking about all day, all day. And inside myself, I did not sense any rising, flaming anger. Uh, I definitely had some uh, certain thoughts uh, that I wanted to share with my immigration attorney. Um, you know, there were certainly things that we needed to ask and, and address. But deep within, I said, Father, there are going to be many things to be endured in the days ahead, and I'm going to endure them, and I might not get the results that I want. Take this today and make it develop your life in me. And teach me what it means to love in this situation, to speak truth in this situation, to deal righteously in this situation. Right? Do you understand that in our everyday life, if you are not harnessing what you are living in every day and letting it build, not your human endurance, not you trying to be Pollyanna, not you trying to have a nice little positive attitude, okay? Not you pretending like you're nice in front of the person and then when you leave, you know, blowing up. But truly saying, Holy Spirit, every inch of this, develop the life of Jesus within me. Develop his love. Because my friends, his love is not sweet, syrupy, sappy, human love that gushes and gushes and says, oh, it's okay. God, no, come on. No. <laughs> right? Are we truly allowing the love of God to produce the very life of Christ in us, meaning to bring it to the fullness of life where we can move on, right? And here we go. And we'll get that card maybe in June, right? We will get it, right? And um, everybody that needs to take responsibility will take responsibility and they'll do what they need to do, right? But we have a life to live. Don't give up your life and the love of God, my friends, for temporary things. Let's, let's let him develop his life and love in us because we are going to need it truly developed, that it is our habitual way of living. All right, there you have it for today. So I'm headed out in beautiful Ribnik, Poland today. Do some training with some mentors who are discipling folks, spending time with people where we are strategizing and we are with the Father thinking about the future. All right, so here we go. I pray wherever you're at today and whatever you're living through, that his love literally floods you. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.